Welcome back to Sir Reginald's Monocle, the Umbrella Academy, the number one Umbrella Academy after show on the internet. These statistics are not verified at this time. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm here again with my brother, Dave. What's up, Shavy D? I'm excited to be here, Toby. We just watched uh, episode seven of season two, Uga for Uga. What'd you think? What's your overall impression? I love this one. Big fan. I I, I kind of had a little bit of a vibe. I felt like it was... In season one where they had those two episodes, one was uh, uh, the day that didn't happen and then kind of the day that did. Uh This was this a weird, nice blend of both. There were so Mm. many things in it that I felt really happy and excited to see and and can't wait to see where they go. And then there was a couple little spots where it really kind of, you know, it uh, stung a little bit. So, uh, so yeah, it was very, uh, it was chock full of action. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, with the exception of of five, you know, who we'll talk about in a second as, as we get rolling, um, you know, the first half of this episode, it, it's almost like all the characters had a chance to just stop and breathe and, like, it wasn't, you know, this harried kind of frantic thing. You, you know, it, where we left them... In the previous episodes, Five had made his deal with the handler, but everybody else was almost kind of resigned to just, you know, maybe they'll be able to stop this thing, maybe not, or whatever. But they're all kind of going on with their their business, you know. But Five, in the meantime, you know, we find him in, in 1982. Basically, his deal with the handler was take out the board of directors, take them all out so the handler can assume control and you know we'll we'll safely return you and your family to uh 2019 and you know you the apocalypse won't happen you'll be everything will be back to normal um and as this episode opens up we find five in 1982 doing just that i mean we finally get to see the just the straight up killer that five has become over this year, these years that he's been away from the family. And I just love this scene. It was, you know, obviously excessively violent, but it kind of, I think we needed to see that from five. We needed to see what he was capable of, you know, to do for his family. Yep, exactly. Specifically what you just said at the very end there for his family. I like the fact that it really did a great job not only showing us what he's capable of physically as an assassin, but also what, you know, almost like what his process is, how he works himself up to the point of being able to do what needs to be done. Because ultimately, you know, he does it for his family. It's He, he takes no great satisfaction in, in the killing itself. So, uh, you know, he arrives at, the, like you said, 1982, goes into the uh you know, banquet center, whatever, where he's meeting them, finds out where they're at. And you can kind of see it. You kind of, you kind of almost see in his face and his mannerisms, you know, him kind of working himself up, getting ready to go. And uh, gets a little change from the lady that he gets directions from and heads over to uh, the vending machine to, <laughs> you know, get a little snack, a little, little, little well, pre, pre-assassination snack. Him. What's I love that? how he must see. I love how he must seem to these, you know, kind of B characters when he's like, you know, she she says something to him, good luck or whatever, and he's like, uh, 
Some would say the best luck is to die at the right time. <laughs> Whatever she just Oh, for at. sure. Like, you know, the, she's looking this... at what she thinks is an 11-year-old kid, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, anyway, and I, I like and I like that the vending he did, machine. And I like the fact that he made a comment like that in this scene. You know, sometimes he'll just be a, a particular asshole. Where this one, I think he was, again, because he's in the headspace or or putting himself in the headspace of about to, you know, take some people out, it's a different answer. You know, when he's dealing with some trivial bullshit that he doesn't have the time for at some diner or somewhere else on the street, you know, he's more of a direct asshole. Just he doesn't have the mm, time. Where yeah. that, I, I, I almost like the fact that he got a little more profound. Still being a bit of an asshole. But, uh, but anyway, so, he, yeah, he gets to the vending machine, you know, wants himself a little fudge bar or i don't remember what it what it said what it was and uh it gets hung up and we know we all know the frustration of that oh, but yeah. uh he pretty much works the machine to the point of uh you know breaking the breaking the glass all that and then just it's go time so he just walks away he's done he, he doesn't even grab a grab the snack uh that he went through all that for um and starts heading for the he room. Got, starts, he got the boost he needed. He thought he needed the fudge bar, but he really just... Adrenaline is kicked in uh, at this point. Yeah. And uh, as he works his way to the his destination, uh, lo and behold, uh, glances up on the wall and sees himself an axe. And uh, yeah. decides, uh, decides to arm up and get ready. It's go time. Oh, and what a... I mean, we... we have talked a lot and we'll definitely talk more this episode about the uh, performances from these actors, but you know, kudos to the visual effects. I mean that whole, the way they did that whole scene with him doing the jumps and you know, just this, this carnage, they do such an awesome job. And then there's the scene later that we'll discuss involving, you know, Klaus and Ben, this, this thing shot beautifully and the visual effects are amazing for you know? sure. I mean, it, this sti- it's still a TV show. It's you know, well, and it's spoiled now by the quality we get like with Netflix or HBO. Um, you know, this is on TV. You know, we pay, I pay seven ninety nine a month in particular, you know? this particular series. A- absolutely. Absolutely. I think about that quite often. Uh, you know, streaming is, uh, I, I came to it a little, I won't even say begrudgingly, but uh, I was not sure, and I am completely sold. But uh, yeah, it's hard um, not to get eight dollars of value out of Netflix. Well, just I'm, but I'm saying, but I thought I thought really the point you were making was more that it's it, it the quality exceeds most of what is out there, you know. Yeah, totally. in uh, in in the far overpriced uh, cable market. So yes, um, yes. so anyway. But back to, uh, uh, you so we get to see, I lost my train that's of thought. Okay, I gotcha. So we, so we get to see now, you know, again, you know, we've had, had a couple moments in season one and now we get oh, this moment. Hang on though. In let, season. Let me go back to this before I forget. Um, I think you're exactly right about how well it's, it's shot visually. Uh, not only, I mean, to be honest with you, besides, before you even get to the amazing effects, they're just really interesting shots. I mean, some of them hearken to, yes. to almost like a Wes Anderson type of feel. Or, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it, I am just 
super pleased with how they shoot it before they even, like you said, make have made some really yes. good choice on how they do their effects. But what I like, too, about that scene in particular before we get past... And, and again, this is all in the first, like, two minutes of the show. You know, yeah. these opening it's- sequences have been off the charts... Um, we have not seen the uh, little umbrella with umbrella. Ca- I, I love how each ab- one kicks absolutely. off. We, we haven't talked it's, about that yet. The little it's like the treatments. exclamation point. But um, yeah, I love it. And especially in this one, you know, like and, yeah. we, and, we, and we can get to that. But the uh, but again, as as a as a true fanboy, you know, as someone that really likes everything I'm seeing in this Netflix show, but you know, loves the source material as well. Um, They've never really talked about it in the show, and I don't know that if they ever will. But I think we've talked. You and I have talked about the fact that they're in the comic. There is, you know, the fact that he's been some. His DNA's been spliced with some uh, serial killers and stuff to make him just that much more um, effective as an assassin. And they can never even go there in this show. But as fan service, just the idea of choosing that axe and these little like breaks in that scene where you're kind of seeing the carnage of what he's just done and and that bit of a smirk on his face of you know ultimately yeah. he it's not like he would he wouldn't do this if it wasn't to save himself and his family and the you know and stop the apocalypse but if he's going to be forced to do it he's going to enjoy himself while doing it and yeah. i think you saw yeah. a little of that and i that i dug that so yeah, I mean, do something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> love but it. yeah, I, lo- I love this. I love that, you know, now we get another chance to see five. I mean, you, you can't forget that he has all those extra years, you know, and not like they were all, you know, a lot of those years were spent, you know, just kind of wandering around, you know, trying to survive and stuff. But that is a, that, it, even if you're not like an assassin during that time, you are still becoming more of a badass just by surviving alone in a, you know, post-apocalyptic world. So like you forget that, that this is what he does. I mean, he's been trying to, like, he's, a, he's a wily survivor. He's trying to... Yeah, like like we've seen him mostly, you know, bopping around trying to talk people into shit and making deals. But like, you know, before all this started, this is what he did. He went around, you know, dispatching murder, basically. So absolutely, watch. (laughs) It's so fun to watch, and you just gotta love the. uh, Where was it? Wisconsin. Is that where the hotel was, or the meet, the banquet center that he was meeting at? Remember the, the yeah, the reason probably I, something like that. The reason like, I ask is yeah. the woman that comes in, yeah, with the with yeah. the you know Uper, you know the Fargo yeah, style she was accent, Wisconsin, yeah. or Uper, yeah, something like that. So. Yeah, and uh, she was great. She's, and she <laughs> almost she almost blew the whole thing. You know, oh yeah, she, it was uh, awesome. And then uh, well, and I like beer. And I liked, it was one of those little fun things where because she, you know, just comes at them and they go at it for that, you know, five seconds, you you just have just long enough to register like, you know, what is she? Is she capable of something more? Is she another one or whatever? And then he basically just just knocks her ass out with one good good shot. And it's like, okay, well, that's just, 
you know. Yeah. Well, no, for me, it was like the initial thought of, oh, she's part of it. But then almost immediately, she's like, you broke my vending machine, you know? Right. And then he immediately knocks her out. He immediately gives her a shot and like, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, exactly. It was was just awesome. Yeah. And uh, so uh, so after we get our um, and yeah, like we were saying before, the, the very clever ways they work the umbrella into the. The episode in this case it was uh aj the goldfish the boss man um who has now been you know as they zero in on his his eye you see the umbrella in there as he's kind of flopping around gasping for air um great effect and then we're off and running that's you know the first four minutes probably but uh you know i was already pretty happy after that um so we catch up with with klaus and ben who are you know, kind of discussing. You know, now Ben knows that he can he can take over Klaus's body. That's that's the new. Trick you know what discovered. And what I like so much is uh, as they transition out of that, just great, fun, funny, action packed, all those things in that first couple minutes. You know, again, I, I don't mean to cut you off. You can get well, into the thanks. specifics of each uh, each little. Uh, you know, set of people that they, they touch on next, but that's what I'd like so much. You know, they give you so much so quickly and they, they put you where you want to be, you know, you know, so involved and enthralled with the show. And then they really spend the next few minutes, you know, touching on nice little, you know, they do Klaus and Ben and they do, you know, the Carl Vanya sissy thing. Then they touch on Ray and Allison and, you know, there's like a nice, um, you know, I don't know, I, I, I don't know the right word, but um, those, you know, in any life, there's, you know, it's made up of so many more, even a, you know, a, an a, a, a action-packed, adventure-filled life, like, you know, these characters are supposed to be having, even within those lives, there are many many down moments you know prep time of making your next move thinking out your next move discovering something that you know that you some sort of information or knowledge you needed and that's a big part of what i enjoyed so much about this episode is there was a lot of you know big moments and 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 poignant moments but there was a lot of that um you know, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, they reloaded the gun a little bit in this episode. You know, they weren't just still on shot number 25 and ready to squeeze off 30 more. You know what I mean? They took yeah. the time to drop the clip and put yeah. in a new one. And, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it yeah. was. Uh, I mean, everything kind of everything kind of came to a head, you know, in, in the last episode with like Elliot getting murdered and everything and and this one everything slowed down a little bit you know and and you know again like klaus is back at the cult and allison's back home with ray after they had kind of you know come to some some common ground and you know he seems to have forgiven her and understands you know why she kept the information from him and uh vanya and sissy are not even really aware at this point that, that Carl saw that they didn't make that clear. You know what I mean? Like with that moment that you hated at the end of, of the episode, um, you know, they didn't, uh, 
and I and I well, have. We'll talk about that. We'll yes, talk about that in a little bit. But point I being, think. at that point, we find out that that um, they don't know that Carl saw them. So we'll just leave it at that for now. Um, but yeah. So was that? Was there anything else on that? Or did you say what you wanted? To say? No, I just like the reset. I just wanted to make a, a, yeah. a point about the fact that they're so. So much of what I enjoy about the show is the the action and, and you know and a lot of the heart as well. But it's you know, it, it, a big appeal is the the strangeness and the novelty of a lot of the things that happen. But when you're when you're providing that, I think sometimes there's a temptation to have it be all that. And I and I just wanted yes. to to appreciate the fact that there was you know, the first maybe 10 minutes of this episode really just kind of let it breathe a little bit and and just yeah. acknowledge that, like you said, I mean, Ray and Allison have to have some time to talk it out. Uh, Klaus and Ben obviously yeah. have, you know, right from the first minute of this season, there's a tension there. And we finally start yeah. to get that, you know, that gets unpacked a little bit for us. And, you know, it just really was a, a good use of, you know, the time immediately following such an awesome, you know, hacking up the, the board type of <laughs> scene. So, yeah. uh, just really well, and, I, and I actually appreciated while they were doing that, while they were letting the, the rest of the characters kind of, you know, as you say, reload, um, you know, going into kind of the, cause now obviously it's the last few episodes. We're going to be ramping up to, to however this thing ends. Um, but yeah, so they're doing their thing. But at the same time, five, I appreciated how the whole thing with, you know, I mean, he made that deal to save the family and to to kill the board of directors, and it's done. He got them all in one shot. I mean, I thought that AJ was going to slip away for a second there, but you know, it's it's a done deal now. That's something that a, a, a lot of shows, you know, I mean, you could drag that out or whatever, but. Uh, I mean, they literally wrapped that whole thing up within the first, uh, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. He had already talked to the handler and everything. So I like yeah. that. Yeah, I appreciated that. You you make a great point there. And, and well, first of all, really nice scene with the handler and five and basically giving them yeah. a briefcase and saying you got 90 minutes. You know, thanks for everything. You know, you got 90 minutes to round up your family. Here you go. But, yes, it was a great... Um, I think what I liked about that whole exchange between the handler and five was that it, it allowed the character of five to feel good and almost let his guard down for one of the few times you've ever seen him do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, he doesn't have time to react on it. He's got to go round up the family and try to take care of business. But, you know, that would obviously be the first inclination being a very, you know, smart and savvy uh, operator himself. You know, that would be his first inclination that uh, she can never be trusted, but obviously there's even more, you know, whatever. I think that it would, it's, you know, five is, yeah. is five and he, he knows the handler pretty well. And, uh, you know, he, like you said, he had to do what he had to do to make, uh, to, to well, and it was also you know, like, his family be his, safe, but yeah, I, I love that he, as you say, let his guard down and you know, was like, Look, I don't, I'm out, you know, I, I did this to save the world and to save my family, 
you know, but I don't want to do this. You know, I mean, he, he basically said it to her in so many words. And I, I like that, um, you know, even as much of a badass as five is, he, I mean, she, she had the, she had him by the balls. Basically. It's like, look, it's 90 minutes. You know, that's you know, it doesn't matter if he's saying that wasn't the deal or you didn't say anything about 90 minutes. There's nothing he can do. He, I think he's smart enough and he knows the situation to know that that's the best he's going to get. So he needs to just get on it and start rounding everybody up. Which is Right. And I just take it as too. that he always has expectation that she's working some angle and is going to scam him in some way. But I think that they mm-hmm. did a really good job, I mean, over the whole season, but particularly this episode where you kind of see him maybe doing a little soul searching. Again, he's such a pragmatic operator that knows he's just got to do what he's got to do. But I think it, it did a good job leading up. I mean, in, in it was still relatively early in the episode, even at that point, but leading up to where when he did say, hey, I'm done with this, you were not only there with him, but... That's where I got the, the 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 vibe or the feeling of where once she says it's got you got ninety minutes, yeah, he's frustrated. Yeah, there's nothing he can do. He just like I said runs away and needs to react to it. But the only reason that that was able to be pulled over on him is because he obviously has been in a deeper place, you know, doing some soul searching and such. And I, or at least that's how I took that character development. So. Again, it it, uh, it it brings the stakes up even higher once they've had once they have to deal with each other again, five and and uh, and the handler. So that that just it, it it just was great. Plus, I I liked it served the side benefit of after you have the opening scene, you bring everything down a little bit with the interactions of the different you know catch up with the characters type of thing, then. Although this wasn't a wasn't a high action scene, you know, between the handler and five, as he runs out of that alley, it kind of brings the stakes back up for a second. So then when you do, you know, I think the very next scene after that is Luther and Diego dealing with Elliot. And it's. uh, It puts you in like that perfect space where you understand you feel like the stakes are high again, but, you know, that was a funny, good. I like that scene between the two of them basically over top the dead body. So, uh, um, Oh yeah. You know, that the, the, the idea of, you know, they really set the tone perfectly there, you know, where well, they, do they brought such you a back good up job with, with tone on this because, you know, you, you have, I mean, you can go from just that scene that just a viciously violent scene that even alone has its own funny moments in it. Um, but then go from that to like five with, with the handler where, you know, five showing some, some strong emotion for that character and some serious acting chops by the actor as well. But, and then go to the scene with, with Luther and Diego where they're, you know, looking up Olga Faroga in the white pages and Connor and like they just, when they're confused about what's painted on there. And not only like 
like they're all in on that to the point where Diego is threatening her and saying, you got one. Of, they know it's an old lady at this point. And he's like, you got one of ours. We're coming for you. you oh, know? it was so Just awesome. All in, all in oh. with very, very little, you know, I mean, they took a great leap. And within 30 seconds, he's on the phone you know, calling, talk, threatening Olga Faroga. Oh, I just love it. It was so great. And he's like, yeah. And then, and then, five, then five shows up. He's like, you idiots. It's, exactly. It's Swedish it's like for eye It's like Mo with the three stooges. You know, you expect yeah, five yeah. to come in and just, you know, do the fingers to the eye. Oh, but so good. I, I just love it. And it and it shows so much that that five is just it's it's such a weird family dynamic because five is just so much more together than the rest i mean he's obviously has his own you know serious flaws but yeah F- five is the replacement sir reginald totally totally and he's 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 already getting you know to where he's just you know sir reginald as we've seen now has that very dismissive you know, just pompous, you know, and five is well on his way to that because like, and you can't blame him because all of these siblings around him are just, you know, kind of rudderless, you know, and he's, he's trying to keep everybody together, but I loved it. Yeah. They, he, that boy, that actor is just on the mark that for a young man, he is again, he, he portrays, the sense you really get the sense that he has lived a long and hard life and that is yeah. for for such a youthful face you know it's not like he you know some young people physically look older you know look a little more grizzled look a little more whatever and that's not what this character is you know because he's he's coming back to that you know that age to that body right. you know so it's not it's not like he's just but his soul is still grizzled. Oh, it's so good. They just he acts it so well and uh they write him so well. It's just so so good. I really yeah. really enjoy that. And so when he shows back up, you know, he basically drops the knowledge on Luther and Diego that a there's uh you know, that's not the woman that that did it. It's the Swedes and that, you know, it's eye for an eye, but um once he tells them, you know, we got no time, you got to get uh, I think he sends Diego after uh, Klaus and Luther after Allison. Well, I, love, um, I, I love I love before that though when they're talking about Elliot, you know, and uh, Luther's like, or somebody says something like the like the FBI or the government must have done it, and Luther just the always the idealist is like government want to do this they they'd take him in and question him right right oh so totally i totally picked up on that yeah he is true blue without a doubt but what i liked was the fact that diego again i just love diego's probably my favorite i'm sure i'm sure you're gonna say what i was the point i was gonna just make the fact that his immediate thought is we're not going anywhere until we figure out what's going on with jfk and and dad you know, so oh right, that's not what I was gonna mention, but yeah, of course, because to him the mission, right, you know, or whatever his his mission, he still believes that's the mission, right. So what um, were you gonna say? But well, the thing I was gonna comment on was you know now you know five basically knows everything about Lila at this point, not everything, but he knows for sure that that it's not just suspicion. So he tells Diego, look, she, you know, you know, because Diego basically says, well, I gotta go. 
you know, I, we got to bring Lila or I got to go, go tell her or whatever. Um, and five is like, look, she's lying to you. She never loved you. She's, you know, you're wrong about her or whatever he says, however he puts it. Um, and then he's like, he's like, you need to be there. I'm going to kill you myself. And like Diego, he looks fucking terrified at that point of five. And like the way five puts it to him when he's finally just, you know, five finally is sick of arguing. He's like, look, you need to do this or I'm going to come kill you myself. And he doesn't say it in a joking way. He says it very serious. And Diego looks really scared. Like it, like that, that was like, to me, the moment where Diego realized, okay, he is not to be fucked with. Yeah, he definitely is not to be fucked with. And yeah, I'd like that portrayal in that scene by Diego, because right before that, when he said she, does, she never doesn't love you, there was a little bit of hurt, a little bit of sting in the eyes, yeah. and then there was immediately followed by the fear after he makes the next statement. It, it's perfect, and I like, too, that he was like basically just, from Five's perspective, he's he doesn't have the time to explain that she's such and such's daughter or whatever. It's just, she's fucked up. You need to move on. We need to get out of here. Right, you need go to get Klaus. Me. I know this, yes. Right, yeah. go get Klaus. So, so that's why there was, you know, he still doesn't, he knows... Five's opinion, but he still doesn't know the full story at that point. They don't right. have the time, you know, so. Um, yeah. But then the basically after that, where they all kind of go on their missions, and before they start doing their missions, I think uh, the next part is where they, uh, where the handler shows back up at the commission. Right, and kind of assumes control, which is also right. a great scene. I love the way they portray the commission when she's basically like, you know, yeah, grief, grief counselors are available but you know of course that's going to be at your cost because it's out of network with our providers yeah (laughs) that was another one of those things where i i know what the kind of funny they were going for but they're they're touching on so much stuff in this season and even this episode in particular that that was almost like it was a little heavy-handed for me i didn't feel it was was that at all i just liked it as like grounding this organization you know that basically is just murdering people and doing who knows absolutely what, who knows where and when i, I got the point of why they tried all it. these people are just you know they're just there you know all these people she's talking to are just office workers and you know they're just showing up to work you know what i mean i get what you're saying and i i, I understand what they were going for but i di- didn't think it landed I thought the scene was great and her t- saying the counseling, but it won't be covered by insurance. And then that last line of it being out of network, I thought was just, you went too far. You, you beat it up a little bit. That's what, what I didn't like. It was very, it was, I got the point and I liked it. I just, again, sometimes when you try to throw that last little punch in there, it, it takes away from the hole. Just personally. Right, right. Uh, but I liked it. I liked the fact that during that scene, not only did you see Lila have a few little looks like, so this is what it was all about, mom, type of thing. Um, you saw the two people that you've seen throughout season one and season two, uh, some of the case managers saying, you know, is she, can she really do that after she's been uh, demoted? And then that's when yeah. Lila hears that, so that makes her question. But obviously what, what I took from it, I assume you probably did as well, is just, 
absolutely lays the groundwork to for her to quote unquote discover that five did it on his own and it was his master plan all along and so on and so forth. Right, right. Um, she's basically setting him up. I would, I would certainly assume. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, it really, again, this episode was full of them. You know, it just really gave you that little bump, that little, you know, let's, let's clean up some loose ends. Let's, let's, yeah. Tie it up in a bow and send Reset. it. Reset. Let's get get right. ready to finish strong. By the, <laughs> after we finish this episode, we're we got three to go. You know, we got yeah. we got to finish strong. So let's just let's kind of put yeah. all of our ducks in a row and and prepare for a, a strong finish. And uh, and I and I appreciate that. I I like it. So well, so let's yeah. Talk so about, then let's talk about Klaus and Ben. Yeah. So for sure. <laughs> so you know, we already know that. Uh, you know they've definitely been been kind of a, a strained relationship, probably for the last few years actually, because they it's been just the two of them for so long. But um, at at the uh, um, light supper with Sir Reginald, you know they finally Ben was able to finally go take over Klaus's body for the first time. So now he knows he can do that. So he's been working on Klaus to get him to do it because he wants to talk to Jill. He's got this crush on Jill that's, you know, one of the cult members. So, uh, so now how, how did he finally just talk, he talked her, talked him into it or whatever? They were having a little bit of a heart to heart. You know, they were very antagonistic towards each other like they always are, but they were basically in the room and just kind of talking it out. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of a uh, physical weirdness to it. So I think obviously Klaus has a little bit of a hang up with that, but for the most part, it's just, you know, he's just so into his own sorrow and his own stuff that he's just not, he doesn't even want to entertain the idea of, of, you know, really helping Ben. And, uh, and I think that they, well, exactly. And I I think that they, uh, you know, they go back and forth and there's a little bit of understanding and, 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 uh, you know, I just think they, they soften a little bit to, to, each other's plight and uh well we find out that this is the first klaus has heard of ben being you know sweet on jill you know i mean that was a that was a revelation to klaus he he clearly didn't know that so i think maybe that's did he end up just relenting and just letting him do it or whatever yeah because it well because he had mentioned in a previous episode something like he had described her but never really i i don't even know if he for sure said her name or not but you know, obviously in that one, Klaus blew right past that. Didn't even register, you know, Ben's problems. So in this one, again, right, I think right. that they, it was mostly Ben first, I think, trying to understand Klaus. And then Klaus, you know, under, you know, feeling that and wanting to reciprocate a little bit. So he basically, you know, opens, you know, opens up to the idea, but in typical Klaus fashion immediately has a laundry list of what he can't do with his body. If he is going to let yeah. him take it for a spin, you know, there's right. no looking at his pee pee and a few are, I don't think he calls it pee pee. I don't think he calls it pee. Uh, yeah, I don't remember, remember what he says, but uh, I know it's funny, but either way, it's just so Klaus. But that whole awesome. scene, I mean, again, um, uh, Robert Sheehan, the actor that plays Klaus, Dude, I, I'm sure he's been in stuff, so I'm sure people listening, you know, are like, oh, you know, probably thinking he's not, we knew he was awesome, but I've never seen him in anything, but what a revelation, that dude is a good actor, I mean, I love just him, 
him transitioning over to to being Ben in his body, and you know he he did a good job with making sure his mannerisms were different. And then once he started talking to Jill, um, you know, I mean, he was clearly playing a different character and and playing those emotions of you know this is the first time Ben's felt grass on his feet and God knows how long and and you know everything else. I just I love that whole scene. But then we got to we got to wrap up the Jill storyline though, and, and with a yeah. nice bow. Well, it was so well played in the sense of not only like he's, like we talked about, you know, letting the guard down, letting the letting them, you know, letting Ben have these experiences, and and Klaus as Ben. Yes, that was so well like having those tactile sensations, you know, but not completely, you know, acting as if you know. You, you know, had never, you know what I mean? Like, well, kind of like you just said, you got the feeling that it had, it had, it's not like he had never touched the soil, but it had been years. Right. And I kind of right. almost got, felt the difference between that. So I really like, you know, how that was done. But yeah, once Jill shows up, I mean, first of all, I mean, as much as I think, you know, the, the Allison character is attractive, the Jill character is you know, that's a 10. Um, <laughs> but what an awesome, like, that was a great scene in the sense, it, it, in a way it, it, it encapsulated, encapsulates a lot of what I like so much about the show. In that scene, there's this weird kind of, you know, circumstances going on where, you know, Ben is in is inside of Klaus experiencing you know soil for the first time in in years you know 12 16 years whatever it is Jill shows up asks if she can basically you know join him and they're kind of making dirt angels all of this is happening and then they just have this real just kind of awesome soft you know relatable conversation it's they're giggling they're you know you're kind of pulled into the scene and then, uh, um, basically, when she's like, uh, you know, you want to make love, or you know, you want to do it right here, or yeah. whatever, and he's like, uh, you know, or, you know, he kind of just is going with it for a second, but then he's like, stops, and he's like, you know, because he he died at a young age, you know, so he's like, stops, yeah, he's, he's like, like yeah. he's like, you know, I'm a virgin though, and she's like, what, me and me, you and uh, Kitty, you know, had a, or, yeah. <laughs> you know, had sex on the sex swing, you know. Two days ago or whatever. So, yeah. and they didn't miss a step, you know, like, and it, a, a total TV convention would be then for somehow Ben to have not known that and be weirded out by it and, you know, no, well, then we can't do this or whatever. No, it was, I mean, Ben is with Klaus all the time. So I'm sure he knew that happened. As a matter of fact, now we probably have some understanding why there was a little extra tension between the two of them. Because he's reaping the benefits, Klaus is, as the of the things that, oh, that see, Ben would enjoy. See, I enjoy. wasn't sure about that. I was, see, that made me question the other way. Like, I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't necessarily interpret that as something that he already knew. Um, so yeah, I mean, that makes, that makes more sense, I guess, but, um, he would have to though, because earlier, like, and again, I, I guess I don't know because they've not really said it specifically, but the, 
I think that was part of why they set up in the earlier scene when they were kind of working out the 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 test ride in the body when they were working that out in the bedroom. There was a um, a comment by Klaus to Ben of like basically you never are not there. You are always on me. You are always judging me. You are always whatever. And I know that it right. could be more ju- like a generic like just like the whole world can judge you, but. I really got the sense that he's like, you know, Jiminy Cricket. You know, he is his conscience but, but or whatever. The one, but the one yeah, thing that we were unclear, the one that we were discussing on the on the previous episode, because we don't fully understand the power yet, is what about when he's drunk? Does that mean that he just can't see Ben? They've shown him. Ben's actually not there. I, I think if I... When I, he reaches I, a I, certain point. I, I thought, yeah, but I've thought hard about that, and for and I I don't know for sure. I can't. I definitely can't say for sure. But I really believe that Ben is there even when he's drunk or blottoed. I mean, even if he's like totally going for the hard stuff, I think Ben. There's, you know, again, it's not been explained. It's not yeah. been explained exactly, you know, why he's aged and everything the way he has and stuff. So like it's open to, to different possibilities and stuff. But again, I, I'm, I'm all for it because those two play so great off each other. I, yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Like, you know, basically no, it after, was funny. Ben said, or well, it was Klaus, I guess that said it. It was almost exactly what we were talking about when he, he said something like, uh, you know, you've seen, you've seen every mistake I've made. Right. You know, so, so like, I mean, Ben is almost incapable at this point in of not seeing Klaus like this fuck up, you know, because he's just seen, and even he said like the same mistakes over and over again. You know what I mean? Yes, he has, and and I thought that was a great scene. And I th- thought it was important in the sense of what I got from that is, yes, it, it's I, I see you fuck up over and over and over again. But it's it's why it hurts me is because I know you're better than that. And I care about right. you. You know, so yeah. it's this self-destructive behavior. But uh, but anyway, so w- w- that was one of the things I really enjoyed where. um As he's met, you know, as he's, he's messing around with uh, Jill, uh, Diego shows up. To basically mm, yeah. grab him. And uh, huh. the, well, first of all, once he, you know, pulls him away and says, hey, we got minutes, you know, till, till we got to be back at the alley. Let's let's do this. You know, that's where you first start, start seeing, you know, uh, Klaus kind of trying to push Ben back out or whatever. and uh, But he's not, he's not able to do that. And that's the first time basically Ben through Klaus tells Diego that it's Ben. And yeah, that was I love that such, moment. I love that moment. I'm glad that they used Ben's face, first of all, because, you know, the two quick shots of their two yeah, faces as yeah. they hugged. I'm glad they used Ben's face and the joy in that yeah. face. And, the I mean, just the, oh, I could go on. and I, But, yeah. again, my goodness, Diego, you know, you might be no, the hard dude. ass on the outside, but you are a, you are you, the heart and soul of this unit, yes, my man. Yes. And, uh, that was awesome. Yeah. You have a you have a soft and squishy center. Oh, for sure. Maybe hard on the outside. 
Amen, bro. Um, yeah, no, I love that. That was uh, I got a little choked up there. That was a that was a nice moment. Yeah. So then, uh, after he basically says, uh, you know, we got to go. Um, Klaus wants to take care, or Ben Ben slash Klaus needs to take care of one more thing. He'll meet him at the alley. Diego's like, okay, I I do too. You know, we'll we'll, we'll meet you there. And before we get, you can talk about the Diego scene, but the. Uh, that was another one of those great visual effects parts where when Klaus is running back to meet them in the alley, they're doing the whole like fighting amongst himself, trying to push Ben back out and Ben's trying to stay in. And Mm -hmm. it was just very cool, you know, realistic enough for our purposes and, you know, funny and, and like charming and stuff like that. So it was, uh, I really like that. I really, that, yeah. you know, there, there, there's a lot of comic relief there. So, yeah. Um, but if you, you want to talk about what, uh, what Diego would, well, first we should probably talk about, uh, Luther, um, going to get Allison. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So Luther shows, <laughs> well, first, um, um, yeah, so Luther shows up to get Allison. Wait, but we saw Al- did we did we talk about Allison and Ray? Wasn't there something at the beginning we saw them? Uh, we just uh, basically talked about how they were kind of catching up with each other, and you know it was right, right. They were ba- they, they were they back in a reconcile. pretty happy place, and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but th- then you know, flash forward to basically. Uh, or actually, I think earlier in the scene, in that earlier well, scene, Ray, they were... Ray gets Ray gets the invite to meet with like the attorney general or you know Robert something, Kennedy. Something, yeah, something. I don't know if it was to meet with Robert Kennedy or with his right. people or yep. something like that. Um, and and you kind of get the sense that Allison, although she's basically just you know he kind of says you want to come, she's like no, nah, I'm not feeling well. He kind of gives her the little you know forehead kiss, whatever. Um, and you kind of get the sense that maybe she's just got a lot of thinking to do because obviously now knowing about, you know, the things to come and such. Um, and it was actually one of those great little things where they lead you like where, and then she's like, love you. And he kind of smiles back, but doesn't say it, but it's, there's not, you know, it's kind of, it just leaves her looking like she's, you know, even more questioning, like, you know, that she obviously cares for him. She loves him. And, you know, yeah. what what is she going to be required to do or or sacrifice for you know for whatever's got to go down um yeah. so i really like how that kind of set that up earlier so that when luther did show up to to basically say hey we got you know 30 minutes to to leave and she you know she wants to she wants to take him she wants to be with him maybe stay behind you know she doesn't know she's you know this is whatever and i again man they write Luther so well for that, you know, self-sacrificing, like even when he's had to go through his little arc with dealing with, you know, being, you know, um, kind of manipulated by the old man at his core, he has still, you know, he, the man he is, is a man that understands duty and understands, sacrifice and understands that you know i don't remember the line exactly but something to the effect of like we're we have i, I wrote these... it down he said he said we we risk everything to save everything 
It's our best trade as a family. Yes. Hope is what he said is what, what the was what the best trade of the family is. But didn't he say oh, something? No, I thought he said we risked everything to save everything. It's it's kind of our best trade as a family. That's what he said. Oh, because he said when because after he said our best trade as a family, she said she said a word. I don't remember now what it was. And then he said, no, hope. So I guess I I misunderstood oh, what I that, yeah, how know. that scene went I, yeah, down. I don't know, maybe. Um, but either um, way, again, he was like, she was like, it's not fair, was basically what I got out of the early part of that exchange. And he was like, no, it's not fair, but like, almost like his version of with great power comes great responsibility. Like, we have yeah. these things, and that means we don't get a normal life. It, it yeah. It's not fair, but it's just the facts or whatever. And uh, Well, I love that, um, though, too, because Luther's laying in the, out there in a very, you know, pragmatic and, um, you know, ob- obviously there's a sense of urgency here. But Allison is in – she has the toughest – I mean, she's in the worst position because she's the only one of all the siblings that has – a family in the future and a family in the past. Absolutely. The rest of them don't don't have a family other than each other anywhere. She by far has the most, you know, stakes as far as people in this. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And they and they do such a good job again of Luther the love he has for Allison is that the stuff that Bards wrote of type of stuff you know what i mean like he would die for her he would put all of what he desires aside for her and because of that it it allows him to speak to her in a non you know rose-colored glasses type of way like a very no it's not fair no it's not certain things but you know it it is just the way that it's it is yeah you know and i and i yeah they they they. i'll tell you what man as as these shows go on each relationship each sibling to sibling dynamic is it's firing on all cylinders i mean it's just expanding in all the right ways and we're we're you know being they're they're um I don't even want to say like dripping it out at the right speed, but they're, yeah, you know, they're they're it, the ebb and flow is nice. The the they give ju- you just enough to have some legitimate questions, and then they answer enough, but they don't necessarily tie them in a perfect little bow. So then that yeah. gives you time to think, you know, for yourself as well as you know, wait with anticipation. So handled quite well. Now. I wrote down one note, and I don't remember what it means, but it says the sick cow story. The sick cow. Is that oh, to do yeah, with Carl yeah. and Vanya? Well, that's uh, yeah. I was gonna bring that up next anyway. Okay. So Carl and okay, Vanya. Perfect. So basically, basically, um, you know, uh, Carl, and this is before Vanya knows anything about. Like she hasn't heard from Five yet, so this is before she talks to Five. And uh, knows anything about that. But basically, you know, they, Car- or Vanya and Sissy don't, they're not aware yet that Carl saw them, you know, getting friendly in the car when when he was having his, you know, supervillain sinister moment in, in the shadows. Um, so basically he, 
makes up some excuse uh they he needs vanya to drive the truck back so you know he gets her out away from the house away from sissy and basically says you know well the cow what was your note about the cow thing i think the now now recalling the scene i think why i wrote it down in those early scenes in the episode where you know put you back where they've had their discussion about leaving and then it showed you know carl backlit at the end of the episode or whatever well how it starts this next episode i liked i liked the fact that i didn't like the fact that it was um you know again if you're going to get on your whore your moral high ground and say that you need to do all these things then you need to do them so you need to not sit at the breakfast table with this guy knowing that you've slept with his wife and you're going to run away with her. So I can't, I'm losing so much respect for Vanya every moment that goes by that I, yeah, but you know. I, I think, I think you're just talking about like what the, the, I guess maybe proper honorable way to do things are. And, you know, and I understand that. I mean, we talked about that on the other episode, but I think they gave us a nice, a nice platform where we can not worry about that now and just say, fuck Carl, because fuck Carl. I mean, this is 1963. You're talking about like you, a, a woman like Sissy, who's discovering for the first time that she is gay and she's married and she has this kid and this marriage with this douchebag in in 1963 you handle that with civility and honor and through the proper channels you might end up dead what i'm saying is i don't believe that what i took from the conversation in an earlier episode between vanya and sissy is that sissy has known that she is attracted to females and that's what her desire in life is long before she met Vanya. So she well, made I, I a choice. That part, but see, I, that's, I, and that's a night and day difference of why I would take the scene the way I take it then. Cause if, if that's true, if, if, if I didn't hear in that scene, what I think I heard earlier when they're, I, I don't even think it was the pillow talk one. I think it was before they even acted on the feelings then that's a different thing. You know, that's a, um, again, you know, like we talked about stolen moments and stuff like that. But again, I don't, I don't have a problem with, you know, uh, delving into the, the narrow mindedness of small town men and, you know, what they think a woman's life could and should be. I'm just saying that there's they haven't done a necessarily a good job. If I'm disappointed in one character in this whole show, it's Vanya a little bit. So that's the that's where I guess I'm I'm everything along the way. And again, I understand that you know she is privy to the knowledge that the world's about to end and so on and so forth. But every time Sissy has any inclination to, well, I should at least write a note or I should whatever. Vanya's like, no, we're leaving now. You know, and it's just very, it's all about, 
I have found you. I'm taking you. We're throwing your son in the truck and we're out of yeah. here. And I, I don't see that. I mean, I, I yeah, don't. I don't. It, it lessens my opinion of her as a person. It doesn't. I'm not even making the commentary in in about you know what they've chose to do now. Again, I think it works out well that obviously Carl's brother is the sheriff and, you know, whatever, and it's going to turn into a, you know, the good old boys of law enforcement, you know, and I mean that in a, you know how I feel about law enforcement. I just, I, so, you're right, but the, I just I'm disgusted. And, and, and it could be just that bad with just the fucking rednecks, even if they're not the law enforcement. Right. They'll, even they'll, if Carl just had a couple brothers that weren't cops. Right, but what I'm you saying know? is, again, they, they, they do such a nice, nuanced subtleties of this thing, and that, that just seems like it's, it's, you know, they've cranked it up to 11, and they're going to do it no matter what. Like, I don't know, I just... It's almost like the... Again, it, it, it all revolves around Vanya, because, like, for instance, before she even goes to get Sissy... And, and uh, Harlan, uh, when she runs into Five. First of all, Five would beat Vanya. I, I mean, I understand Vanya's got the, she's the most powerful, quote unquote powerful, but right. Five is Five, like we've already talked about in this episode. He well, is Vanya doesn't, going Vanya to doesn't fully know how to use her powers enough to even come close okay. to Okay, I'm glad you think. said that because that's my whole issue, is she doesn't know how to use her powers. And, and in this one, she's doing little things where, like, you know, she gets... As a matter of fact, I was going to say that to you. You know, when Five right. says, you know, I, I don't have time for this. You know, yeah. don't, don't test yeah. me or Well, whatever. I think she's starting to learn. I think she's starting to learn that she, you know, has a flex that she can make. You know what I mean? Yeah. Look, well, I, don't again, love the char- I don't love the character either. I just... I, <sighs> you and I just differ on that whole part of the storyline because I just think... Looking at it through the lens of 1963, there is no scenario. If 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 Carl has even the inkling of douchebag that we've seen in him in 1963 Dallas, there's no scenario, Vanya or otherwise, where Sissy coming out and leaving her husband, no matter how she does it, will not put her at risk of losing that kid. Correct. So the night that they made that decision in the car, they should have went home under some subterfuge, scooped up Harlan and moved the fuck on. Got her can of, got her money out of her can of coffee and moved on. The fact that Vanya could sit there at that table the next day, even if Carl is a piece of shit, and have breakfast with him, knowing he's about, she's about to leave with his wife and kid. Even if, again, if he, and Carl is a big piece of shit. You're accountable to yourself. You're not accountable to, again, I get it. 63 Dallas, I can only imagine. I know what, you know, 1985 fucking Westland was or Inkster or whatever. You know, people are shitty, shitty people in this world, even still now in 2020. So I get and some, it. And, and sometimes you got to sit through an uncomfortable breakfast if you're trying to, you know, get get out of it in a way that does the least amount of harm. Then you got to be very careful if you're going to tell a story where you're going to try to take the moral high ground. You got to be you got to. Well, I don't know who I don't know who they're trying to say is taking the 
moral high ground. You know what I mean? Like very, I I don't know who in this story has any moral high ground. Well, and that's why I'm being, I guess that's where I'm confused is again, because it just seems like the Vanya character is supposed to just basically follow her heart no matter what, but understanding it's a totally different place. It's a totally different situation. I get it, but I just am a, 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 uh, such a believer in personal responsibility. And then the only other thing I wrote down was, uh, you know, the Swedes was the one other thing I had written down. But I, I love that. I love that he, you know, disabled Allison immediately, you know, and, and took because obviously they've they've done their, uh, you know, intel and stuff. They have files on on all their powers and stuff. Um, so took her out of the game and, you know, Ray got his licks in and did did his best to, to fight them off. But, event, you know, I, I like that. I mean, obviously she was going to need to use her power. So, you know, they did something that she could at least recover from in a reasonable enough time so that she could uh, say, I heard a rumor you killed your brother, which was a probably a smart thing to do. That was probably the, the best move she could have done. But obviously freaked Ray the fuck out. You know, I mean, poor Ray. He's seen a lot of shit in the last few days. Well, what I liked about that scene was, first of all, they had gone through, you know, she's already met with Luther. So she basically has that heart to heart. And, you know, she's kind of asking Ray, you know, will you come back to my time with me? I, you know, I, I care about you and, you know, I don't want this to end. And I think at one point he even asked her like, well, don't, didn't you say that our movement made a difference and stuff? And she's like, yeah, and kind of knew. You kind of saw it in her eyes that she knew where he was going with that. And he's like, you know, I can't really go. And, you know, they kind of resi- resigned themselves to that. But they, you know, said how much they loved each other. And she's like, I could rumor the pain away. You know, basically the memory is what she's alluding to. And he's like, no, I a year with you is worth a lifetime with anybody else. And, you know, again, they just get to that sad but healthy place where they're you know they're ready to to do what they both got to do and <coughs> excuse me that's when the uh the knock at the door comes and uh the swedes are uh uh vacuum cleaner salesman she's like you know uh, <laughs> interested uh, whatever and i like that like, he's just standing there with the uh, thing open exactly <laughs> And like you said, you know, the uh, I think it's the big guy uh, immediately gives her the, the shot to the throat. And, you know, she's gasping and she falls down and starts moving over her. And she actually, to kind of fend him off while she's trying to get her voice back, you know, she takes one of the, the nozzles of the vacuum and gets him in the eye. And, uh, and I thought they handled the fight between Ray and the other Swede pretty well, where he was, you know, obviously Ray's not going to be able to hang, but, you know, the Swede was... Yeah not trying very hard. He was, you know, disinterested enough where obviously he didn't have to, you know, really screw up Ray. So that worked out good. Um, And yeah, man, when she rumored him and he choked out his brother, basically, you know, kill your brother. uh, That was, it was, it got me. I, I, yeah. And it's still, it was like, um, it, it just created more like it, it answered, but unanswered. Like the questions we're still trying to understand 
Allison's power and like the effects of it and stuff. Like obviously, you know, we kind of determined that that they don't remember if they've been rumored, but like the look on his face definitely gave you the impression that he was lucid while he was doing it. You know what I mean? Even though he right. was being controlled because he looked horrified that he was doing it. He wasn't doing it in anger, you know, like if he intended it, he looked like, fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> right. Killing my brother. <laughs> well, I think you make a good point because yeah, even if it was, even if you were going to try to explain it, like he was controlled and then all of a sudden when he came back, you know, he saw what he had done and freaked out and ran. I don't buy that because, yeah, I thought that in the scene there was that recognition in his eyes as he was yes. killing him. Like, I don't want to be doing this, but out. I'm doing this. <laughs> and so that yeah. was, yeah, I liked it. I, it was definitely. And Ray had a Ray was just as freaked out. You know what I mean? This oh, was like for just sure. craziness for, you know, everybody involved. But, uh, yeah. And another thing I really liked or found interesting about the Ray and Allison is, uh, you know, he's got to have some questions as far as no matter how deeply they care about people, they there's a certain level of ruthlessness to these characters that, you know, to outsiders would be maybe a, tough, a little tough to, to process. I mean, you know, Allison, not, now Ray has not only seen her basically instruct the guy to kill his brother, but, you know, also witnessed the coffee incident and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, that's... Uh, you know, the Umbrella Academy throws down when need be. So, uh, oh, yeah. So, I, yeah. I can only imagine the, the, you know, seeing things from Ray's point of view, that would be very, very unsettling. Um, but, uh, yes, for but sure. yeah, so for sure. Um, so, so they end up with the Swedes. Vanya ends up stopped by the cops, um, almost takes them out, but, you know, gets kind of jacked, you know, right at the end. See, And again, I think that shows that, like, yeah, she's starting to get to know her powers, but not, you know, very well. She, like, knocked them back, but, you know. Yeah, I hope they, they expand on that a little bit, because I, I, that's the way I took it as well. I think she, you know, you kind of showed her chest start to, you know, glow in the car. I think she welled up with emotion, tried to... At, react with it and and act on it and then uh i don't know if sissy calling her name distracted her and brought her out of that state or if just the idea of like you said not kind of being in control and just looking back to see if things were okay you know threw right. her off and allowed for her to be taken out by the um by the sheriff or whatever but uh yeah, that's uh, well, that's the thing. I think her her powers are kind of just running. It seems on like instinct and emotion. So yeah, probably any distractions gonna you know create the window or whatever. I mean, obviously she's it make a lot of she's sense. not fully powered up if she's gonna get you know pistol whipped by a local cop, you know, and get taken down. Right. She's I mean, when full, the she's not full white violin. When the season starts with her basically deflecting bullets and and right know, right, it's uh yeah she's uh, she's definitely not in full control at this point. But yeah, I like that. I thought that they, you know, they handled that well. So yeah, and, so her story ends with her, you know, basically getting taken into custody. And you know, meanwhile, five and Klaus and uh, um, 
Luther. Allison or, or Luther, I mean, are are in the alley. They're they're waiting. They're ready to rock. Um, and then Diego, you know, our guy who you know thinks with his uh, passion. Yes. Um, well, d- gets well, duped once again after you know now now mind you this isn't this isn't like meet cute you know romantic comedy time relationship with Diego and and Lila this is after five has already told him look she's lying to you she doesn't care about you um you know he already knows about it at this point and she comes to visit him and he still falls for it he still gets uh slipped a mickey well exactly well see that's the thing is that And though I'm, I hopefully they'll get to to expanding on this a little bit later. But I want to know from the Diego perspective, is it? You know, I see it as him wanting to, so therefore offering trust to people. I don't, you know, what I'm saying. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, he still is ultimately being duped, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I I, I want to think that it comes from a place of wanting to be, you know, to trust people, but. What I liked is, again, it just shows what a great, you know, agent Lila is. Uh, I mean, the fact that she, you know, that comment about, because basically he's, he, she finds him as he's burying Elliot. He's, you know, he's digging a hole to bury Elliot. And she sees the, you know, the painted toenails from earlier. And, you know, she kind of just gets a little soft and takes out the flask and, you know, takes a little sip and, you know, you really, you're drawn in because she's done a great job of, of, from our perspective of the audience, you know, we're already kind of questioning how much she really believes in her mom's mission and so on and so forth. And, you know, you just don't fully know her motivations, even as the, you know, even from our perspective, right. and we're seeing things, obviously Diego's not, uh, yeah. but I just really like that. I like the, you know, him one more time just wanting to, like, understand, hey, you're not going to play me, but, you know, here's kind of one for the road. And lo and behold, yeah. she plays him again. Yeah. Well, and 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 you make a good point because she did kind of, you know, in, Di- in Diego's defense, she did kind of slow play him a little bit, like with the flask and stuff. It's not like she showed up and is like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry I did you wrong. I, I I brought us a drink just to, you know, make amends. It's like, you know, she didn't make a big deal of it yeah. at all. She wasn't you know, pouring she one out for the homies. I mean, she was basically right. like she showed up and she was ready to. I mean, the way she played it is as if she was getting ready to leave. Then she kind of sees Elliot. She's like, oh, uh, you know, and it, it was almost like she just was going to take a little sip for herself. She, did, she columboed and, him. She columboed him. And begrudgingly. No, before I go. Right. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. But she, even the even the, you know, the physical way in which she offered it to him was like almost begrudgingly, or or, or yeah. you know, yeah. It was it, yeah. oh so good, so good. So basically, well, I'm sure she was thrilled when he like, uh, you know, he he didn't take a swig. He downed the whole thing and just tossed it aside. You know? Yeah, well, exactly. It's he was kind of you a know, dick he, move. You know, <laughs> what, whether he is uh, has the soft. Chewy middle or not, uh, you know he still got to got to portray himself to be a hard ass. So yeah, he uh, downs the rest of the flask, throws it in the hole, and says, "All right, we're done." And then yeah. 
immediately you see I'm, like I'm drinking know. this because I like the idea of having a drink right now, not because right. I'm making it. So then immediately a uh you know, he's he gets queasy and wheezy and starts to pass out and uh she just looks at him with those eyes and spits out her her shot. <laughs> and yeah. you know he's going down for the count and uh which was awesome and, and you'll have to get to the very end part, but uh before we do so then at that point, it flashes back, I think, at, or right around then, one more time to uh, Luther, Klaus, and uh, Five. And they're just like, are you kidding me? Like, no one's showing up. No one showed up. Yeah. We didn't, you know, whatever. And uh, All you start... had to do was show up. That's exactly. the only thing you had to do. <laughs> they start to hear the briefcase, you know, ticking, going into its mode. And, you know, Five throws it up in the air, and it disappears, and... And you know that it's, uh, you know, yet their uh, plan B certainly yeah, better be a good B. one. Yeah. So. so, which is good because, you know, I mean, obviously I was rooting for them to, you know, not go back to 2019 because we we need more. Oh, for sure. So Reginald, we're not oh, done my in goodness. 63 yet. <laughs> I would have been so disappointed. So, uh, we've got to see more grace and pogo. We got, oh, we got shit to do here in this time. We've only just begun. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So then at that point, you know, they're, they've, you know, they're just flustered and they've resigned themselves to that. And, uh, and then the very final scene, it basically flashes to, uh, uh, we're back in the handler's office and uh, sitting across the desk is, uh, Lila in one chair and Diego in another. Yeah. Want, want to introduce you to my mom? Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Now, and and before and we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here, but I had one question for you because I, I this was something that I wasn't a hundred percent on. Diego hasn't had any interaction with the handler at all at this point, right? No. On, only five has. Yes. Oh, yes, because okay. uh, you know, obviously. So she could, you know, going into the next episode, she could basically tell him anything right now, and he's not going to know for sure. So that'll it'll be interesting to see how how she presents it. Because because the, the funny thing was when Lila headed off to to see Diego, it was right after she had the conversation with her mom about being the head of security, and she's like, "I I want to put together my own team and everything." So. You know, ostensibly, you'd think that that's why he's there is for her to recruit him. Yes. Um, so well, we'll see. And it sets it up perfectly, like you said. It really opens the door to several different possibilities. And and at his core, you know, Diego is by far the the most mistrustful of Sir Reginald's motivations. So he would be the one that would be most ripe for to be turned and say, "Hey, yeah, you know." I know you care about your brothers and sisters. We're not going to touch them, but you know, Sir Reginald's doing something, and we need to stop him. And you know, it could all be a a lie and a manipulation. But like, I could totally see that kind of, you know, the it'll be very interesting to see the reveal on what where the handler really wants to go with her plan at this point. So, yeah, and it's you're exciting. Right. It's is, uh, he could he could be ripe for influence too because we already know. Diego's kind of chomping at the bit right now for another shot at Sir Reginald because his, right. his pride's kind of wounded still. We hey, we got three episodes to go, and it's uh, it's it's gonna be a, a, 
fun ride. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back talking about it right here on Sir Reginald's Monocle. So come back for episode eight. We're going to see what happens next. So thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Shaver Bros. And we'll see you next time. See you later, Shavy D. Peace. <laughs>